hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Long about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Uh, this is episode 112 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, for all the latest in home and small business networking. We'll tell you about them a bit later. But joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Good, how are you, Trevor? Great to be with you once again. Episode one, one, two. The highlight of my week, as you well know, um, and mine too. I basically, you know, this take this makes Hump Day just disappear. Absolutely, exactly. So it is all thanks it's to the all good downhill people. from here. Yeah. <laughs> you mean from the moment we start recording or afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> all thanks to the good people at Nitgear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we skipped a week a couple of weeks ago because uh, I was just too lazy to find a way to make the time zones work because you were overseas. I'm happy to cop that, and we, we talked about that last week. But um, I took a lot of interest in the story you published uh, yesterday, Tuesday, on the Sony 4K story uh, titled From Lens to Lounge Room. And, you know, quite a detailed read for people that are interested in 4K, but some really good stuff in there, mate. And it's it's this is the good thing about actually getting – sometimes people say, you know, why do you have to go there to hear all these things? But to actually stand around and hear from people at Sony – to see the equipment they're recording these movies in, um, to understand the the flow from literally the the camera lens all the way to, in this case, the the Blu-ray, which are which are being remastered in in 4K and shot in 4K. This is a really exciting thing, and it's it's worth worth running through that concept if people are interested, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I don't think uh, it, it, you couldn't really appreciate sort of the amount of time and effort and, and in investment in the technology that Sony have made with 4K unless you were there on the ground. You've got to remember Sony is not just an electronics company that make products. They're a content company. That's right. They've got a movie studio behind them. They're, they're uh, you know, so, so they've got an interest in this technology from all the way through the process. So it was fascinating to, to see that from the ground up there, like being on the ground in the studio, seeing seeing the, the 4K camera for a start, the F65, oh, yeah. the Sony camera. Uh, it was used to film the Tom Cruise movie Oblivion, which is in cinemas right now. It also was used to shoot a, uh, another film, an upcoming huge summer blockbuster called After Earth, which is starring Will Smith, Will Smith. and his son Jaden. So keep an eye out for those two. They're, they're 4K films shot with this particular camera. But moving through the process, Sony obviously at the end of the line have their 4K TVs. We've seen the 84-inch, which yep. is... It's not cheap. It's a $24,000 television, but they're introducing a 65-inch and a 55-inch, similar to the LG, which we mm-hmm. discussed last week, to make it sort of within the ballpark of your average consumer, uh, and it too will have 4K. I think one thing to point out, though, Trev, is that SD, you remember the jump from SD to HD? Yep. I remember sitting my parents Massive. down and showing them a Blu-ray and saying, all right, this is full HD. Yeah. This is standard definition, and they couldn't really tell the difference straight away. They thought, yeah, it's a bit, a bit clearer. Well, that, that jump what was decent, but let me just say the jump from HD 
to 4K, and 4K's got four, four times the resolution of HD, the jump from HD to 4K is a much larger jump. Mm-hmm. So you can see a, lot, a, a huge difference between Blu-ray, which is already pretty good, and 4K. Yeah, so hence right. the reason why Sony are involved every step of the way. Let me tell you, of, you're going you're gonna to laugh at this, but the thing I took out of your article, um, because you, know, you took some photos of the cameras, the Sony Pictures Studio, stuff like that, but you also took a photo probably in your hand of uh, the Robert De Niro movie Taxi Driver um, that had been remastered in, uh, in 4K and available on Blu-ray. Now, this is what I took out of it. This is crazy, but it says up the top, mastered in 4K, which is fantastic. Yep. But along the strap along the bottom, it says optimized for 4K Ultra HD TVs. And that makes me that makes me relax a little bit about that whinge that I've been having about you know consumer understanding with what's 4K, what's ultra high definition, so that people that buy an LG Ultra HD TV or, or a Samsung Ultra HD TV don't have that question in their mind. Oh, am I 4K or am I ultra high definition? That's a good thing. It's, uh, it's the a same people, <laughs> exactly. But but yeah. that could be confusing. So that's a good thing, I reckon. But I think moving forward, I think Sony, one of the things that they're obviously the, the, the amount of time and effort they've put into 4K, mm-hmm. the, the biggest challenge for them, though, is educating the customers, yeah. getting them to understand why 4K, what it is for a start, why it's better, why it's more expensive, the content that's coming. Just on the content, you mentioned that mastered in 4K. Now, Sony, what, what they do, they take the 4K film. They, down, they downgrade it to 2K to fit it on the actual Blu-ray disc. Mm-hmm. But in the process, Sony have a database that sits within the X-Reality Pro engine on the television. Right. So it's kind of a roadmap, if you like, for that particular film. So if you put that in your Blu-ray player, watch it on your 4K TV, your Sony TV, the X-Reality Pro, go, right, I know the way to make this go to look from – go from 2K to 4K, to 4K mm-hmm. I know exactly what I need to do to recreate that and upscale it. So does that mean so, that if you've got a Samsung or an LG TV, it, you might not get the same quality from those remastered uh, 4K Blu-ray titles? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a possibility because they don't have that X-Reality Pro engine that, mm. that has this database built in. Yeah. So oh, look, it'll look terrific. And, and I, we, I did see these upscaled films on uh, other 4K TVs or Ultra HD TVs, uh, they look terrific. Yeah, right. But uh, the Sony, that, that's sort of the edge they've got with the technology because they've gone that extra step. They've gone to the trouble of making the content, remastering the content. And you'll notice these are all Sony films, of course. Hmm. Fox may come out and do their own or everyone else might do it. But what Sony has that, no, that, that Panasonic, LG and Samsung don't have hmm. is a studio behind them exactly. and, a, and, a, and a content creation machine to bring all this content through the system. They literally have the full path from production to, to the screen. That's right. Uh, the, yes. the home, that's home screen and the cinema was, screen. It was worth being there to see that because you, you can appreciate it just hearing about it, but actually seeing it in action, seeing them color grade the films and restore them and then bring them through the process and see the remastered in 4K and see the end result. Uh, they've got a fair bit of skin in the game, and hence the reason why they want to really make a statement this year with the not only the 84-inch but these new TVs that are coming out. And the last thing I'll say about this before we move on is, uh, and we talked about this briefly at CES, but it's interesting, and I had a call this week uh, on 2UE from a listener who, who was annoyed by the sound of their TV and you know wanted a sound bar or recommendations around that, and we talked about how speakers aren't alongside the TV anymore because it looks bad. They want these edgeless TVs, and with these new um, 4K TVs, Sony's actually gone back to putting the speakers on the side and interestingly, they've in- introduced these magnetic fluid speakers um, positioned either side of the screen. And in-, in your article, you say magnetic fluid was developed by NASA. That's I mean, right, that's yeah. full on. 
It's fascinating. And, and what they've done with the magnetic fluid, like magnetic fluid was created by NASA because they had a problem moving fuel around the spacecraft in zero gravity. Right. It was yeah, hard yeah, to get yeah, fuel from one side of the, uh, the spacecraft to the other. You'll get a misfire. That's right. So they, they had this magnetic fluid to guide, to help get that fuel around the, around the whole ship. So mm-hmm. what Sony have done, they've taken that magnetic fluid and replaced part of the speaker. So right. the dampener in the speaker uh, is now not necessary because it's yep. got the magnetic fluid that can take the place of that. And because it takes up li- less space, it can be thinner, smaller, but yet still produce quite a decent sound. I heard a comparison regular Sony speaker and the magnetic fluid speaker, and you could really tell the difference. Yeah. So it's really good that they've not only the TVs are going to look great, the 4K picture is going to be stunning, but the sound quality is the, also there right up there with it too. Well, if you're interested in uh, in the latest in TV technology, and this is the thing to come, absolutely, uh, 4K uh, from Sony and others, but uh, Stephen's uh, spent a bit of time with Sony in the US and he's written up about the, the, the path of 4K content from production all the way to your screen, and you can read about that at Tech Guide. .com.au Well, I was very happy to represent the blokes today at, Thank the, you, mate. Uh, at, a, at an event. Uh, it, it was a, an event run by uh, Toshiba. Mm-hmm. Toshiba, the creator of uh, a large range of laptop computers, and their very latest uh, device was quite an interesting one. It's, mm. it's called the Kira, which is uh, it's a new Ultrabook uh, what they're calling a premium ultrabook. Right. Uh, so, well, how it's positioned is well, it's made of premium materials. It's got it's very lightweight honeycomb structure, so it's very strong. Uh, it's very light, only weighs like one point two kilos. I, I could pick it up with two fingers by the corner of the screen. Yeah, it's quite, quite light. But um, their big play too is that the fact the screen uh, is they, they they're claiming as as good as a retina display. The same kind of. Do dis- they uh, use those words? Uh, no, they never. They never <laughs> mentioned. They say did mention that it's, it's up w- equal to the best on the market. Yeah, right. Without actually mentioning Retina, <laughs> but I, I asked one of them uh, after the presentation. He said, "Well, look, pixel density. I think we're like point one of a percent behind them or something." So they're claiming that the screens are quite smart. But no, I, I had a look, good look at them. They're very stylish. What they call the display, they call it a crystal display, by the way. Uh, and uh, it's the, it, they've got a backlit keyboard. They've got really great sound as well, Harman Kardon sound system uh, with DTS audio processing. So nice. surprisingly good sound out of your laptop. But uh, it also has – there's also an option to have a touchscreen. So yep. you may want to have – It's got to be touchscreen. Windows 8 machines, you, you can have that option of a touch. I think they're going to start at about seventeen ninety nine, and I think the touchscreen is nineteen ninety nine. Now, what's interesting here – again, I take stupid things out of, uh, out of these kind of stories, but – um, I was looking at the, the information today and it talks about how the Cura range will come with a white glove service. White glove. That, that's a, a buzzword, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Samsung said the same thing, but, but there's a bit of a difference here. Samsung's offering a white glove service on a $40,000 television. Yeah. Um, you know, Toshiba's idea of white glove service is apparently a you know, two-year warranty and on-site service. I'm not yeah. quite sure that, and a that matches. phone number. Yeah. yeah, I want the tickets to the to the opera and the football. I think with the come with the Samsung idea. So yeah, well you got to you got to cough up forty k though to get that though, Trev. Yeah, I, well let's just let's just be clear. There's two types of white gloves. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so don't don't be don't be distracted, okay? And it, frankly, white gloves, and there's also the uh, the velvet white gloves. And I if I was you, I, I'd um, if I was buying a forty thousand dollar television from Samsung, I'd ask them to throw in a Series Nine Ultrabook. That'd be the way to go. Yeah, that, I think you would uh, you'd have success there. But yeah, probably uh, that was obviously the Kira was the focus of their of their presentation, and mm-hmm. their, their another thing that they spoke about too was having this consistent design across all their products. You mm-hmm. know how companies like Apple have that kind of similar. You can just tell they're from the same family. of products. Yeah, yeah. Toshiba have decided, well, yeah, we need to do that too, sort of corporate design and even they called an outside design company to help them with that and across their whole range. So not only is the Kira range going to include that, but also down through the satellite series, also the Cosmio series. So the satellite are kind of their bread and butter laptop range. So there's the the P and S series, the L and down to the C, which is kind of the entry level system. There's also the gaming system, the Cosmio X series, Mm -hmm. which are those big high-powered gaming laptops. They're really, they're almost like desktop replacement. They're, they're quite big. And they've also, though, interestingly, got a nice range of all-in-one products. They had a fair bit of success with their touchscreen Windows 8 all-in-one. Very funky designs, pretty nice-looking machines, good to have out in uh, out on display in your home in sort of a common area of the house. So uh, Toshiba are going all the way. And, and, of course, that's not to mention hybrid devices they're bringing out, Windows 8, uh, so tablets that fit into keyboard docks. And they'll also, they didn't mention this today, but they also made mention of the fact they're going to have even more Android tablets mm-hmm. down the track in 2013 as well. All right, and you can read about uh, some of those in the coming days at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. That's me, that's him, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. Netgear, uh, when you walk into any good... Uh, electrical retailer, computer retailer, they will have modems and routers and networking devices stacked up to the hilt. And the the brand you want to look for is Netgear. Netgear.com.au is the place to go to read more about it. And one of their great things, which we've talked about a lot here on Two Blokes Talking Tech, are the wireless range extenders. Now, if you've got uh, an area in your home that needs help, needs wireless help, Netgear wireless range extenders improve your wireless coverage to eliminate those dead zones in your home network. Uh, range extenders ensure a reliable connection and expanded coverage area for your wireless network. And it is simple. I did it recently at a, at a colleague's home. I took one over there. Um, they, they, they had the back room just wasn't getting the Wi-Fi. And I literally just put the range extender in one of the kids' bedroom down the corridor. It looked fine sitting on the bookshelf. It just plugs into power, picks up the network, and extends it down the back of the house. So it's a really simple thing to do, well worth doing if you've got any dead spots in your home. And you can read more about those, um, those products at Netgear. Now, mate, the talk of the week for me on on, on my radio spots has been the the Apple uh, target. They're they're about to head towards the 50 billionth, be for billionth uh, app download um, from the App Store. Now, you know, it's been a f- been years. I mean, this thing, the iPhone's been around for seven years, so there's been a lot of apps downloaded, but 50 billion is a bucket load of apps to be downloaded, especially when you consider there's, you know, a large percentage, not the majority, but a large percentage are paid for. Mm-hmm. But the best part about this, mate, I loved was um, was looking at the list. They actually published a, a top 25 list of the most downloaded free and paid iPad and free and paid iPhone apps. Now, what's probably different, it's important to note here, these are these are global, so there's the, there is a bit of internet radio on the weather channel kind of things creeping in there that aren't really Australian based, but... Um, I, I went through the list and I went, yep, I've got the top 10 iPhone paid apps and I've got the top 10 iPad paid apps. Uh, so I'm a sucker, clearly. 
Um, but, you know, Angry Birds, like it's like four or five of the top ten uh, yeah. on the iPhone. It's three on the iPad. Facebook, this is the other one. The Facebook is the number one free iPhone app, whereas Twitter's number eight. So there's, there's a lot of really interesting information to come out of this list. Absolutely, yeah, and it's just incredible to think that the App Store isn't even five years old. No. It, it opened mid-2008 when oh. the first iPhone landed in Australia. We we missed out on the first iPhone. It was only released in the US in yep. 07. 08, we got the iPhone 3G, uh, and so in, the, in that short space of time, 50 billionth is approaching. But what, what's fascinating is that it was only January when Apple announced the 40 billion mm. app download. So it just goes to show how we're accelerating. Our app downloads are getting faster as more people get more devices. Last year alone, in 2012, 20 billion downloads were last year. So that's in the space of 18 months, 40 billion of those downloads have taken place mm. since Which, the introduction of the, of the latest iPhones and the iPads. So it's really taking off. And, uh, and the majority, we, we should note that there's many, many apps that are free. Mm. There are, of course, a lot of apps that are paid for, and Apple, I think, take a 30% share in any money that's made through the App Store. The developers get the bulk of that, the 70%, mm. and they've paid out literally billions of dollars to developers around the world. They've created this amazing ecosystem, ecosystem where yeah. if you've got a good idea, you can get it out there quite easily. Well, I just just for fun, I thought, okay, 50 billion apps, let's assume 30 uh, billion, oh, sorry, 30% are, um, are paid, that's 15 uh, billion apps. At 30%, that's $4.5 billion in the bank account of Apple simply by creating an amazing ecosystem. And what's also interesting about this, which is really important too, uh, the, the top uh, paid apps on iPhone, uh, of the top 10, only two of them are not games. Uh, of the top 25, it's two or maybe three are not games. It's yeah. gaming... Is, is the new yep. thing on a mobile platform. And this is where game developers are not only excelling, but also it's changing the model for gaming. And over the last couple of years, we've seen it evolve now into a you know low cost of download and a high cost of in-app purchases. So the, the actual transactions would be amazing. Yeah, I think unfortunately for other companies like, say, Nintendo, for example, the Nintendo DS years ago was the king of the handheld, the mm. king of portable gaming. Now it's really struggling against the iPod Touch and all these other devices where you can play games, the iPad now, the iPhone. Uh, similarly, too, with the PlayStation Vita, it, it's still chugging along. It's, it's not really performing as well as uh, you know, the gaming apps that are available in the iOS ecosystem. But, um, it, uh, boy, they've really changed the way we, we use our mobile devices. And, uh, you know, the, as you said, gaming, is, it's no, not, not hard to see sort of our habits there. We love gaming on the go. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's just incredible. And, uh, and I think it'll only be a matter of months before we're talking about the 60 billionth download. Yeah, exactly. And you made the point about the, the scale of downloads just this year alone. It's unbelievable. And um, you, can, uh, you can see that list online. It's quite an interesting list of the paid apps. And uh, you can also go to the Apple website and check out the, uh, the countdown towards the, um, the, the 50 billionth download. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Okay, I'm just going to geek out for a few seconds here, Trevor, and talk about Call of Duty, okay? You can go make a cup of tea if you like. But I'm going to talk about the next Call of Duty installment has been announced. Now, all everyone was anticipating 
that we're going to see Modern Warfare 4 because it was the Modern Warfare's turn to have a game this year. That's usually every two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they surprised us, Activision, and uh, uh, with an announcement that is they're not going in that direction. They said that would have been the easy thing to do, build on what we've already done and just tweak it for another, mo- another version. But they're going down a totally new path. The new game is going to be called Call of Duty Ghosts, mm-hmm. and it, it's introducing all new characters, an all new story, and an all all new engine. So the way the game is played, the actual mechanics behind the game, the physics engine that's built into the game that gives it that realism and and playability, is something that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing and hearing about. There's going to be an announcement on May the 21st in the US. I think Xbox are having an event to unveil the latest version of the Xbox. I think everyone's anticipating that it's going to be the unveiling of the new Xbox and Activision and uh, and uh, Infinity Ward, the Call of Duty franchise, has a special relationship with Xbox. They often get their updates and downloaded content first before PlayStation. But um, no, I think Call of Duty players will be uh, highly anticipating this title. It's out November the 5th. And what's interesting there, um, is uh, you know I find this new engine stuff quite interesting because we we know that with the the, the PlayStation Four the the engine they, that the launch without the launch that they had earlier in the year they talked about the fact that this was thing was going to be so powerful in rendering things like faces and the like and I guess we can expect the same thing from Microsoft and I guess that means that developers like this are going to create uh, just stunning new imagery within these games. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think the the. The amount of things you can do, I think the PlayStation 3, when it came out, and it's, it's near, what, six, nearly seven years old now, mm. the PlayStation was quite ahead of its time. It had the Purcell processor, was amazing, gave the developers a lot of headroom to really go after, create these realistic games. Well, now times that by 10 with the PlayStation 4. But interestingly, though, the game was released in November, and we're not likely to see the new PlayStation until the end of the year, December, maybe early next year. Same thing with the Xbox. So I'm anticipating that everyone's going to rush out and buy this on the xbox 360 playstation 3 and then once they get their new platform whether it's playstation 4 or the xbox infinity is with sort of the rumored name for the new device then they're gonna to have to go shell out for the game again and yeah. i've got to say i'll be one of those players as well you will be there at midnight we all know it Stephen. call of duty's number one fan in australia uh call of duty ghosts uh, coming soon <laughs> We get some pretty interesting things sent to us uh, by couriers, um, you know, gadgets, uh, gizmos, uh, sometimes the odd, you know, fun little bit of information, Invitations. whatever. Yep. Um, I got a piece of steak today. That's kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, but anyway, it was... Uh, by Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it was just a nice cut of steak. And it was sent by, um, or a company, or, or, or people that have launched a new app called Ask the Butcher. Now, I do love my steak, and it was funny because the PR company that reached out to me on this, um, you know, said, we're going to send you something, it needs to be near a fridge when they arrive. And I went, oh, what, what are you doing? I mean, I don't like cupcakes, don't worry about it. She goes, no, nah, do you like meat? And I went, send it over. Um, <laughs> and it was a beautiful, beautiful cut of steak. And so, mate, the idea here is this app called Ask the Butcher is actually bloody brilliant. You, you open it up, and, uh, and you know, you can, you can actually, you know, find out information about different cuts of meat. You can actually ask a question of a butcher. Um, but what's really interesting is you can click on the meat rack and you can choose what you bought. So I, in my case, I clicked on beef. I chose that it was a, it was a sirloin or, or a, I can't remember what it was. Actually, it was a porterhouse. Anyway, clicked on the, on the cut of steak. And, and then 
you see, it gives you a little little guidance on how to set it up, uh, you know, how to prepare the meat, and then you say, "I want to cook it now," and it actually has a counter that says, "Radio, you know, turn on the turn on the grill, whack it on, and then it counts down because you tell it how thick the steak is." You turn it over, and you know what? I ate it for dinner tonight, and it was beautiful. Fantastic. Well, I also received uh, uh, some meat in the mail as well, Trevor. I've got to say, and and uh, what what it, it's a it's a great idea because a lot of people think they're good barbecues. They know. They think they know how to cook meat properly, but mm. uh, sadly, a lot of people are mistaken. They, they're yeah. not very good cooks. They don't cook it right. You know, someone likes it rare, someone likes it medium. Uh, and the different things that this allows you to do, that, that timer and when you need to turn it over, things like that, that really makes uh, helps to create, rather than a good steak, a great steak. So uh, a very good idea to, uh, us to access all that knowledge and, and all that information right at our fingertips, I think, is a, is, uh, a terrific idea. And, look, you know, we love, our, uh, we love having a barbecue. We love, we're a meat-eating nation, us Australians. We love our meat. Feed the man meat, they used to say. And the- so this, this, this really helps. I think, you know, the cooking timer, those preparation tips, it all helps to create a bloody good steak. The best part about it is it just helps, um, you know, c- create that, that, that sense that when someone says, you know, how do I do this, how do I do that, you can literally say there's an app for that. I mean, it's just ridiculous because there really is these days. So anyway, it's called Ask the Butcher. It's available on iOS for your iPhone. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we know that we a lot of speaker docs out there, Trevor, and a lot of stereo systems, but mm. in this wireless age, there's a lot of people thinking, well, wouldn't it be good if I could make this system a wireless system? Well, the good news is you can, and there's a product called the Aurus. It's A-U-R-I-S. It's a little Bluetooth dongle that fits into either if you've got a 30-pin dock, uh, speaker dock, uh, like the previous dock connector, not the one on the iPhone right mm-hmm. 5 right now. So it, it fits into the dock, or it could even fit using an auxiliary cable, a 3.5mm auxiliary cable, into your stereo system, and it turns it into a Bluetooth wireless system. So you simply right. pair it then to your smartphone or your tablet or even your computer, and you can then stream your music. And it's a particularly good solution too. If, say, you've, you bought a, a Bose speaker dock a year ago, and it's got the old 30-pin dock connector, You've got the new iPhone 5. The things don't fit anymore. You can put pop this Bluetooth dongle, the Oris Bluetooth dongle, on that uh, speaker dock, and it will play very, very nicely with your iPhone 5 and stream all your favorite, mu- favorite music. Nice one. You can read more about that at techguide.com.au. Now, before we uh, head into your minute reviews, quickly, uh, Apple have added um, some flash memory options uh, as upgrades on the uh, iMac range, Stephen. And you weren't very happy about this, Trevor. I know that you <laughs> you purchased your iMac with every single feature yeah. added on. You got yeah. the go big or go home that version is it. of the iMac. That is you it. ticked every box on the on the specs there. And I think you were a little disturbed when you saw these new options coming up. But I, I was just are. worried. I was just worried that they were going to update a more than just you know a couple of memory options because I'm like, hang on a minute, just I need this thing to last a few years. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, what they've done is just added a couple of flash memory yeah. options. They've added the 256 gig and 512 gig flash storage, so all flash. They've got a fusion drive, which kind of combines regular hard drive with uh, with flash memory. They've also got the choice of you having just an all uh, just a regular hard disk drive. But there's also the choice now. There was already a choice of a 768 gig flash storage, but now they're giving you the choice of a 256 and 
a 512 gig version too. Now, we should explain very quickly that the advantage of having that flash storage is just speed. The thing boots up really quickly, accesses applications really fast. There's no moving parts, so it just instantly accesses what you need. It just speeds things up, especially if, you, if you're someone who's using rather large files, big applications, very processor-heavy applications. It just helps you get the job done a little faster. So more options for the sleek new iMac. Check it out. Uh, that's if you're in the market for an iMac, but I recommend go big or go home. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. A couple of cracker little uh, products here today, Stephen, uh, starting with a little something for Android. That's right. Yeah, you remember a year ago, about well, last year sometime, I spoke about the IDTV, which is this little uh, connector, little dock connector that's like a mini digital set-top box. Turns your iPhone, iPad into a television. Every Android owner out there said, what about us? What about Android? Well, good news is IDTV is here for Android. So if you, you can simply buy the $99.95 micro USB dongle with little plastic aerial. From mrmobile.net.au, if you've got a, a later model Android device, either a smartphone or a tablet with a micro USB, you need Android 4.0.2 or above. You also need dual-core processor, and you can turn your device into a television, a digital television at that. Very easy to scan the channels. There's a picture on my review on Tech Guide of me watching the Channel 9 News at a Souths game. You see all the red Ridiculous. and green people, all the red and green jumpers around me there. ANZ Stadium, Channel 9 News on the Galaxy Note 2. Very nice. And uh, the other one uh, is a new product from Canon. Yeah, Canon have, uh, well, as we know, they, they make great cameras in, in all kinds, compact, uh, you know, system cameras, digital SLR. But they've made what they're calling their first social media camera, the new PowerShot N. It's a square, very compact little device, small enough to fit in fit in a bag, even fit in your pocket. only measures like 7.5 centimetres by 6. But what it's got, it's got Wi-Fi built in, so you can share on the spot. You can do a direct connection to your smartphone, share your high-quality photos. So if you, for those people who want better quality photos than those taken on your smartphone and, and this is a 12 megapixel yep. camera uh, So, and you've got zoom and, and a great lens on it too 8 times optical zoom the power shot end could be the answer it's available only from Ted's camera stores uh, and it's not cheap it's, it's $399.95 but if you're a real if you're after photo quality and you want to share it on the spot then the Canon power shot N will let you do that very nice, and uh, you can read more about those products and more at techguide.com.au. And that's a wrap. We'll be back again next week with episode 113, as we are each and every week. Uh, thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. Stephen, thanks for your time. Talk to you next week, mate. No problem. See you then. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.